Game of Thrones. Okay, guys, so this is a spoiler. Um, I'm going to spoil all of season eight, all of season one through eight, the whole series. If you're not caught up, if you have not watched the finale, download this, pause it, and then come back to it after you're, you're fully invested. So this season had a lot of problems, and I kind of feel like the last episode here was a kind of a symptom of all of those different problems. Like, I think with the things that they've set up, they did an okay job with executing, but the problem is that the setup wasn't very good, and the payoff also wasn't very good. So, start of the episode, I'm just going to kind of like stream of consciousness run through the episode as I remember it, and kind of talk about the different points. We start with Tyrion doing the longest walk in the world over to find Jamie and Cersei. It is no sound. It's supposed to be very emotional. It lasts for probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And in a season that's been shortened, in an episode that's not as long as I think it should be, I just feel like the all the complaints are like, we oh well, we had to fit so much in, like we don't have the CGI budget, whatever. Like it the real problem is that Game of Thrones forgot how to edit, not that they didn't have enough time. I think with episodes that are an hour and a half long, you have enough time to tell the story that you want to do it and do it in a right way. You're just choosing to focus on the wrong things for whatever reason. This is like if people remember last season, like they had that whole sequence with like a zombie polar bear that had nothing to do with the plot and had no stakes, like no characters died, no one was injured. Um, it just was a time waster. And then they come back and they're like, oh, we can't put Ghost in. You know, we spent so much money on that polar bear. And it's like no one asked you to do that. So anyways, so Tyrion walks forever eventually finds Jamie and Cersei. I guess they're covered in bricks conveniently like at the surface though, but the cave's not caved in, so a little convenient there. But anyways, he finds her a really nice emotional moment as he he kind of goes through all the stages of grief. He sees them and is sad. Um and really Jamie, like he doesn't in my head he doesn't care about Cersei, but he sees Jamie and is sad. Then he gets angry. Then he kind of like finds himself and sets off to kind of find Daenerys. Um, John is walking through the city and runs into Grey Worm, who is now, I'm assuming hours after the battle, still executing Lannister soldiers. And he tells them to stop. They have a little confrontation. Um, spoilers, but that never pays off. Like Grey Worm and John have a big moment there where you're like holy shit are they gonna fight are they gonna have to fight in a little bit like they clearly hate each other and have different views of like what happened at the battle so but don't worry that never gets paid off they never talk about it again um john ends up getting talked off the ledge by davos um and then just kind of finds his way over to danny again danny is has this awesome scene and I will say this the visuals of this have never been the problem like Game of Thrones visuals are always stunning Uh, I'm talking specifically right now about the scene with Danny 
coming out of the red keep and in the background you see drogon with his wings um like totally genius cinematics there this is just like a stroke of genius i couldn't imagine like i couldn't imagine a cooler shot and i think if the stakes were a little bit higher and we felt like this was a little more earned it would be like maybe the most memorable shot in tv history but because we really disliked daenerys at this point it kind of it's a cool moment or a cool visual and not such a cool moment um so she walks out and gives this like very dictator speech about hey we took the the seven kingdoms i'm now the queen and now we need to make sure we need to secure my reign throughout the seven kingdoms and anyone that doesn't stand with us will have the same fate something like that so she even mentions like um all the different kingdoms including winterfell and they cut to john and john kind of is shocked so we keep moving and danny kind of just gets the admiration of her armies the dothraki are going crazy because this is like basically what they live for and now they kind of see themselves as this unstoppable force with the dragon and they kind of go away from that Tyrion gets arrested because Danny knows that she released John or sorry uh, that he released Jamie and so he gets arrested for that is held in treason and has apparently a slower trial than Varys did even though he basically admits to being guilty. So no um, Dracaris for Tyrion. He goes down to the cells and for probably the hundredth time in Game of Thrones history, like Tyrion's locked up um, for something. So (laughs) Jon goes to visit him. I'm assuming this is like a day or two later. Jon goes to visit him and they talk a little bit about, you know, is Danny a good leader? no, we have to, we have to take her out. Like John doesn't want to. Tyrion knows that he needs to, because he, assumably John's the only one that can get close enough to actually kill Danny, which kind of all makes sense. And it plays. And I actually really like this scene. John is, is loyal and he's like overly loyal still, even though he's seen this atrocity and he thinks that he can talk Danny down from the ledge like hey we've won the seven kingdoms now we have to rebuild like and Tyrion basically is like you know that's not real you know that can never happen so they kind of go back and forth and and end it you know kind of unsure of what John's gonna do but if you have a brain in your head you know exactly what John's going to do and so he walks up to the throne room and he finds Daenerys and she kind of talks about like how excited she is and she finally like accomplished her goal she's been working towards this her whole life and then uh john kind of is excited for her and they have some kind of exchange and they kiss and then john ends up stabbing her so that's horrible um she dies slowly and Drogon comes up he kind of like senses that something's wrong he flies up to the throne room sees that she's dead and burns down the iron throne so the iron throne's completely 
burnt to the ground. Um, John is kind of looking shocked because I think he thought he was donezo. And then Drogon picks up Danny and flies her away. And neither of them are ever seen again. Which, to me, this scene is like tons of problems. And it... It, the biggest issue is that I think this was a bullet point George R. R. Martin gave to them. Like, hey, Danny doesn't get to sit on the throne. John comes and kills her. And, like, that's, that's how it goes. That's how the series ends. But to me, I'm like, why didn't Drogon burn John? Like, we know he's our Targaryen, so he could be fireproof. Like, you could easily write that into the show, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter but it still would be cool as shit. And like ghost, if he, if like Danny had killed John ghost would have 300% attacked Danny. So I don't know. That didn't make any sense why he just burned down the throne. Um, then he picks her up and brings her away. So assumably like if I was John, I'd like get my ass out of King's landing. Like I'd be like, I'm out of here. Like, I just killed the queen, but there's no body, and so, and there's no dragon, so, like, who knows what happened. So, I have no idea how they pinned him for that murder, because I would have been like, peace, I'm out. Uh, but he doesn't do that. Maybe he, like, rats himself out, and is like, no, I killed, I just killed Danny, which is stupid as shit. Um, the, then, I think there's a little bit of a time jump, and you move to the dragon pits and you have kind of all of the major um, houses represented. So pretty much everyone that's left um, from major houses kind of gather around the, the dragon pit and Grey Worm brings Tyrion into the mix and is like, we need to decide what we're going to do to him. Uh, again, this doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm assuming this is like a week later or something like that because everyone kind of makes their way to King's Landing, maybe two weeks, because I think that's what they said is the like time it takes to get to Winterfell to King's Landing. Um, so two weeks later, Grey Worm hasn't done anything. Like Jon gets arrested, not murdered. And then Tyrion is still alive like two weeks later, even though he like Daenerys's last thing was to like sentence him to death. So Again, a little bit of, like, convenient writing. But they kind of gather around, and Tyrion convinces these people that, like, they should pick a new king. And that it shouldn't be, like, dynasties and bloodlines and that kind of stuff, because it starts out good and always ends badly. They should pretty much get the great houses every... You know, every time they need to pick a new king, they assemble the great houses and they pick someone for the realm that they think is best. Um, and it doesn't move from generation to generation. It's just like, that's the king. When he dies, they pick a new king. So I think that's actually a great way to do it. They even make a joke in the show where Sam suggests, suggests like a democracy where, like, everyone gets to vote, and they, they laugh at him and say, like, what a dumb idea that is. Like, maybe my horse should vote. Maybe my dog should vote, which is, like, I think pitch perfect for the show. Like, I think that's actually how those those characters would react to that, because they're, like, that gives away all of their power and all of their agency if they just let everyone 
have the power. So I think that's kind of a, a, a great way to kind of subvert expectations there. But they pick a way that is better than their old system without, you know, it's kind of a stepping stone towards democracy, which I think is kind of cool. <clears throat> so they they all are kind of sitting there trying to think about, like, who should they pick as the next king? First of all, no one says John, which is bullshit. Like, John should be the, the king, and you should pick him because that's the way they set it up. And he's, like, the best. He's got the battle um, requirements. He has led the north. Um, he is a Targaryen, so it's easier to sell to the people when you're kind of making that transition. Although maybe Targaryen's kind of a, a tripping point now that she killed a hundred thousand people. And then, you know, he has shown himself to be a, like a wise and kind leader. So I get that it can't be John, but the fact that no one suggests it, not even Sam, like is total bullshit. Um, then they have this joke with um, Tully. He like stands up and kind of like pretends like he's right for the job. And Sansa just like bitch slaps him and says like, not not physically, but like mentally <laughs> says like, hey, uncle, why don't you sit down? Like let the big kids are talking here and you're not in the running. Um, and honestly, I think Sansa was probably thinking she was a good candidate. And I think that's what they were trying to do is like set it up so that you thought it was Sansa and you're like, oh my God, I think Sansa might actually be queen, which is like such a crazy turn because that's what she wanted to be when she moved down south to marry jo- Joffrey. And then they Tyrion says this thing about like, the easiest thing to sell is a story and they pick Bran. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like... The, I don't know, like, I think outside of Jamie Lannister, which was completely hosed this season, like, everything he did was wrong. It was, like, he went up to the North to, like, be an honorable dude and fight, and, like, I respect, I think that was a good move for him, but then everything after that was horseshit, like, just totally bad move after bad move after bad move by him. Like, the last good thing he did was Night Brienne. That's it. The battle, like, I don't know. No one in the battle did anything impactful except Arya. So leave that for what it is. But um, Bran is a total nobody. Like, so much so that the Game of Thrones writers totally cut him out of a full season. Like, totally cut the actor out. And was like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Uh, And they freaking just made him the king and it just doesn't fit like it doesn't make any sense especially because he talks about like i'm not a man anymore like i'm the three-eyed raven like i see the past i see the future he's like this like emotionless robot and then they're like hey we know you don't want to be king but like would you please and he's like yeah i wouldn't have come all the way down here if i didn't know i was already going to be king like i'm in a fucking wheelchair like that would suck so so he like oh my god it's so frustrating so then they make him king and again i don't hate the choice but the setup was horrible like he has no agency at all like literally they pushed him in the 
They push him down the tower. He broke his back. After he makes his way to the Three-Eyed Raven, after that, everything he does is, is like, inconsequential. Like, he doesn't help. He doesn't tell anyone anything. Like, they just kind of keep assigning all of these good things to him, even though he's not doing it. So, Bran's the king, whatever. And Sansa, instead of voting for him, says, the North is going to stay independent. So you're not the king of the seven kingdoms. You're going to be the king of the six kingdoms. And we're going to stay in the north. And I think in the context of like a line in the show, you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Like the north is going to do their own thing and like whatever. But if you zoom out, it doesn't make any sense. Like the north should be loyal to the Starks. Bran is the last living like, male heir of the Starks, so they should be pumped that he's the king. In fact, they probably should have been, like, oh, like, Bran's second in command. Like, if Sansa's gone, or, sorry, if John is gone and he's off the table, then our next guy is Bran. And then after that would be Sansa. So, the fact that Sansa's like, oh no, I'm the, I'm going to stay in the North and handle that and we're going to stay independent is like totally crazy because although it might be good while Bran is the king and Sansa's the queen, so let's just say oh, like 60 years, that's fine. Then after that, like I'm assuming another Stark, Sansa's like son or daughter will be the king in the North. And they'll pick another ruler for the South. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, fuck this guy in the North. I'm going to attack him. And you have another massive battle. And so if it doesn't happen in one generation, it will probably happen in two or three. And you're right back where you started, where like you're battling each other for lands and, and money. And you know whoever whoever is on the throne won't be like, cool with the threat in the north so um or who knows maybe they they bring the wall down south of the north maybe they're like all right fuck you guys then and they just build a wall and they're like you guys are wildlings now you're not part of our kingdom so here's a wall and don't pass it i actually would have liked that much better if they were like actually if you're gonna do that then we're gonna build a wall south of winterfell and you guys can't come past that otherwise we're gonna kill you uh, that actually makes more sense. So, anyways, Sansa declares independence. No one says shit. Not even the Knights of the Vale, which I thought were like their allies, but now the Knights of the Vale are in the South, I guess. And Sansa's in the North. Like they didn't really talk about like who gets split up. And then they talk like, well, what do we do with John? And which is totally crazy because all these people should be like, thank God, like, except for Grey Worm, right? Like, Grey Worm's pissed. But, like, everyone else at the table should be like, thank God John killed Danny. Like, we'd all be screwed if that wasn't the case. But instead, they're like, okay, well, let's not kill him, but we'll make him take the black and he'll go, like, back to the wall. Which you have to see from John's point of view is like horrible. Like, 
I would say, give me death. Like, just kill me. Like, it's so disrespectful. Like, because that's how he started his loop. And now he's come full circle. And I think this is a problem that Game of Thrones does. They do like circle arcs and it's so frustrating. Like Jamie Lannister starts the episode or starts the season uh, or the, the whole series really starts the series loving his sister and being a douchebag. He has this like great arc where he like becomes more honorable and like more responsible. You kind of like start to feel for him and like feel sympathetic towards him as he just has like a bad like stake in life and he kind of made some bad choices that got him into some bad situations and ultimately when he kills the king like that lives with him for the rest of his life but he did it to save everyone similar exactly the same as john by the way so um yeah jamie does all this stuff becomes a king slayer you start feeling good for him he kind of completes his arc in my point of view or almost completes it when he goes to the North to like fight the, the white walkers and say like, no, fuck Cersei. I'm leaving her. I'm not her to lash like leash dog anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. And he kind of makes this complete arc only to go back to Cersei. So you have this complete circle where he ends in the arms of Cersei in love, the same way he started the series. No better really like, he betrays Danny, who's been really cool to him and let him live because of Brienne. And now, like, you just have this giant circle where he kind of fucked over the Starks and fucked over Daenerys. And now he's, like, back at the beginning. John has the same thing. He starts at the nice wa- the Night Watch as a bastard. He feels alone and isolated. Then he has this whole arc where he, like, gains a family, gains confidence, like takes responsibility, like becomes a a reluctant leader, like is the leader of the Night's Watch, then the leader of the North. Then he learns he's a Targaryen and kind of like builds up to this point where it's like John is this reluctant leader that keeps getting thrust into these situations where he doesn't necessarily want to be, but like he knows he's the best one to do it. So he does it. Um, And then instead of like, completing that arc and saying like nope john needs to be he maybe he doesn't need to be king but like he needs to be recognized as a leader and you need him and he just did a massive service for you guys by taking out the dragon queen because he's the only one that could have done that like no one else could have killed her maybe outside of like Arya um jumping off of a tree or something so then instead of like giving him a satisfying arc they try to subvert your expectations and they bring him back to the beginning. So now he's back to the Night's Watch and he's like, this sucks. He's a bastard. He's alone. He sees himself as a Targaryen now because he's not part of House Stark. He's not part of the North. And he's alone, like by himself. Um, so anyways, they send John up North. He gets to the wall and Tormund's there, like, why is Tormund there? Why are all the Wildlings there? I don't know. Um, then he meets up with them, reunites with Ghost, which Ghost should have bit his hand off. Um, and then he ends the series, and the last shot of the series is John riding up north, north of the Wall. So I guess he abandoned his post. Like, 
it's so crazy. John has always been the most honorable guy in the show. And the fact that like the last thing we see of him is him abandoning his post that he was assigned as a punishment is like a total character flaw. Like it's like, no dude, that was your punishment to protect the wall. And and you're just like, nah, I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go North and I'm just going to say, screw all you guys. I don't blame him for that, but at the same time, like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, w- I think they should have brought him in and made him be, be a knight or something, right? So he can't have kids. He can't have, like, a house. He has to kind of give up all of his, his um, worldly possessions and, like, his right to the throne, all that kind of stuff. So you make him a knight. He still gets to, to fight and defend. He's probably king or, like, head of the knight's guard or the, yeah, head of the knight. And then you you write in the book, like, Jon Snow, like, Kingslayer. And that's his nickname now. Because he did. He, or Queenslayer. He killed Danny. So that's something he has to live with for the rest of his life. Something that he's going to be known for, just like Jamie was. But it's a little bit of a happier ending because you're like, okay, you're still involved. You're still protecting Bran. You're kind of giving him counsel like it's a good ending for John his honors tarnished and that will like kind of eat him up inside but at the end of the day like pretty good ending for him um who else so we covered Sansa she becomes queen of the north which is stupid um although like I was I'm conflicted right because I'm happy Sansa is queen of the north but the way they told the story wasn't great. Like, I kind of feel, I kind of feel that way across the board. Like maybe George R. R. Martin wrote down, like Danny gets killed by John. John uh, ends the series as a free man in the North. Sansa is queen of, of Winterfell. Like Bran is king of the seven kingdoms that like, and just kind of gave them those bullet points. And they're like, Oh, okay. And they just, couldn't get the ball across the finish line. They didn't know how to get there. But to me, like, they don't play all this stuff out very well. So um, Sansa's Queen of the North, I think that's okay. I think the way they got there, again, not not super compelling. And then Arya is, like, going on a trip. Like, she's going to explore the west of Westeros. And in my head, I'm like, she kind of says, like, I've always wondered what's west of Westeros. Like, that's where all the maps end. And in my head, I'm like, Essos, like, you live on the globe. And so if you if you go west of Westeros, you'll hit the the like farthest east coast of Essos. Just like if you started sailing um I want to make sure I get my directions right. If you start sailing sailing west out of California, eventually you're going to hit like Japan and Asia, like, or India, whatever path you kind of take. But like, just because they're on opposite sides of a sheet of paper doesn't mean there's nothing to the left and nothing to the right of that. It just means that it's a big circle. So I don't know. That's stupid. It is stupid because like George R. R. Martin is probably sitting there like, 
holy shit, I got to come up with another continent, and do they have dragons or white walkers, and whatever, stupid. <laughs> so, although, although I will say big points for all the flat earthers out there, um, they're going to be pumped because Game of Thrones just gave them some ammunition. Um, okay, yeah, and then I think the last person that, that I haven't touched on yet is Brienne. She's a knight. Good for her. I think that's the most predictable ending out of all of them. Like, especially regardless of what Jamie did with him knighting her or whatever, I think she would have became a knight anyways. Like, and honestly, like she would have became a knight if Danny was on the throne or Brienne or, or sorry, or Bran or John or whatever. Like anyone that was getting on the throne would have made her a knight. So kind of stupid. Podrick is a knight, which I think is cool, but also very predictable. Like he should probably be dead, but whatever. And then, um, oh, Braun. Braun, come on, dude. One of the best characters up to this season. He has like so many great moments. And again, the freaking the freaking double D's don't understand character arcs. Like you start at point A, you end at part part B, and like how do you get there? That's the interesting thing. For them, they're like, oh, well, he starts as a mercenary and like kind of holds money and lands and all this stuff over people's heads and he kind of builds himself this debt that like is constantly getting one-upped and paid and he's kind of worked his way up to high garden which is great but like that's not a character arc that's just like a straight line like braun doesn't care about anything except himself like and you see that when he's the master of coin and he's just as slimy as Littlefinger was. And you're like, what the fuck? Man, you didn't have anything to do with this battle. You didn't help. You didn't do anything. Jamie's dead. And the only thing that you you did was like threaten Tyrion's life. If I was Tyrion, I would have had him killed. I would have been like, listen, man, you're not on my team. You screwed me over like a billion times. You screwed Jamie over. Jamie's dead now. And now you're going to be dead because I have a whole army at my disposal. Um, so that was dumb. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much it. Then they kind of end the series with um, Tyrion doing his small council. And it's Davos is the master of ships, which I really like. Um, because Davos is honestly smarter than Tyrion. Like, he has... He keeps saying he's dumb, but, like, I think that's the difference, right? Tyrion says he's smart and is actually dumb. Davos says he's dumb and is actually smart. So I love that he's on the small council. Tyrion is, like, a whatever burger. I think he's going to fuck it up. Um, then you have Bronn, who's the master of coin. You have Brienne, who's the knight commander or whatever. I don't know. I forget what they call those, those people. But she's, like, the head knight. And then Bran, I think there's someone else. I'm forgetting who else. Whatever. And so then you have Bran come in. He's like, hey, we need like a master of whispers and a master of this. And Tyrion's like, I'll get right on that. And they have like a kind of a funny banter back and forth between all of them. And 
they wheel Bran out of the out of the room, and they're like, "Okay, now we start to rule." Um, and I guess they're still in the Red Keep, even though it's like totally busted. But who knows? So I think overall, my feelings on this season were it felt rushed. There were really really cool moments in there. Um, I loved. Like, I liked the Battle of Winterfell. I thought they had a lot of cool elements there. I think it's cool that Arya killed the Night King. I just think the execution didn't feel great. Like, the battle strategy was super dumb. Jon had nothing to do. Danny had nothing really to do. And Arya, like, kills the Night King a little bit out of nowhere. Like, it's not part of their plan. And I think you're supposed to assume that, like, Brand like Brand just has all these like ideas in his head, and he's like, "Oh, well, I know this is gonna happen, so like I'm not nervous about it." Um. So yeah, I think that was kind of bad execution. I really loved the battle with Daenerys and Drogon, just like torching King's Landing, busting the wall open from the inside, like torching the army. That was so cool to me, but like why did she decide at that moment after she had already won the battle, like to kill everyone didn't make much sense. Like I get that she was like frustrated and wanted to kill Cersei. And I think no one would have like said anything to her if she would have burnt down the red keep. Like even if she would have killed a bunch of innocent people in there or like in the surrounding areas, but like the fact that she systematically mowed down street by street burning every man women women and child regardless of their loyalties in the capital is like crazy it it just doesn't vibe with her character like the story they're trying to tell and then um you know i really liked some of the political stuff up until the end because the the end doesn't feed off of the other political things that have been going on so you know, Sansa has this whole thing where she's like, I want to, I want the North to be independent. And then when it comes to that, instead of like typical Game of Thrones fashion, where she has to give something up in order to make that happen, or, you know, she has to make certain loyalties or promises that like, you know, they all are just like, yeah, okay, no problem. Like, take your army, take everything else. Like, go ahead and take the Northlands and do whatever you want. The Wall, I guess, is part of the North now, too. So, just stupid. I Like, they have good elements. Some places that the characters landed in the end, I thought were good. But their storytelling was horrible. So, um, I'm honestly interested in what the books are going to be like. Uh, this, I've never read the books before. But after this bad season, I'm really curious at where we let off. Like, what kind of things develop in the books that weren't in the show? Or, like, how does George tell that story now that he knows all of the criticism from this episode? So, I've been rambling long enough, um, 35 minutes on the last season of Game of Thrones. But let me know what you think. Tweet at me, at Movie Buff Brothers. Um, and give me your thoughts. Uh, I'll be interested to hear from everyone. And I think there'll be more conversation in the future just about like how this season was executed. I think greatest 
overall series that's ever been on TV, and especially from like a visual standpoint, is like on par with nothing else we've ever seen on TV. But the way that they botched this last season is going to be talked about in the same vein as Lost, in the same vein as Dexter, in the same vein as How I Met Your Mother, like as one of the worst final seasons of a of a show. Um, with great responsibility, oh, no way. With great power comes great responsibility, and that's where um, Game of Thrones dropped the ball. So, again, thanks for listening. Let me know your thoughts, and uh, let me know what show you're going to watch after this, because now that Game of Thrones is gone, I feel like we all have a big gape in our souls. So, interested to hear that. Thanks for listening. This has been Movie Buff Brothers.